I'll just repeat one more time that having it embedded in the billing and payments portal, that really was the biggest factor. That's when we saw more adoption with students. Um, that's where they're looking for options. Welcome to Focus, a podcast dedicated to the business of higher education. I'm your host, Heather Richmond, and we will be exploring the challenges and opportunities facing today's higher learning institutions. In this episode, I caught up with Mike Pillman from Tulane University's Accounts Receivable Office about how they support international students by simplifying cross-border payments. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Well, we have a great topic to cover today, international students and how Tulane supports their payment experience. But first, I want to learn a little bit more about you and your background in higher education. Sure. Well, I have about 25 years of experience in higher education. Um, I actually first started work as a uh, work-study student at Tulane's IT Help Desk call center. Um, You learn pretty quickly in a job like that to become a jack-of-all-trades from helping students register for classes to assisting faculty with administrative system procedures. Um, It was a really formative experience for me and ultimately led to uh, a full-time position at our card services office during the early days of the university's efforts to online a lot of our student services to the internet. Um, A lot of that work was being done at the time to integrate an expanding portfolio of record management systems. Uh, Today, I think we now operate something like 26 different systems for student records alone. Wow. Yeah, this prepared me well for a new position that was opening up at the time in our student accounts receivable office with a focus on automating electronic payment processing and various other campus commerce activities. Um, Unfortunately, I took that position just three weeks before the Gulf South and Tulane was (sighs) devastated by Hurricane Katrina. Um, The very weekend that students were moving on to campus for the start of the fall term, we we were uh, for the fall 2005 term. Um, We were actually, um, you know, we all volunteered to help our students move into campus. So we were all on campus, you know, moving boxes, getting people into dorm rooms. And about halfway through the day, like, okay, um, pack it all back up, put it back in the trucks and we're out of here. (laughs) Yeah, so long story short, uh, by the time any of us could access our campus again, we had learned that we lost our data center and the offsite backup from floodwaters for account receivables, homegrown payment processing system. Um, in the months after we lost uh, four staff just through you know people moving their families and that kind of thing, um, including our director who had been the person who personally developed that homegrown system. Um, so essentially had to rebuild what we could from copies of Fort, Fortran code our director had uh, stored on his home computer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and developed other new processes altogether. Um, the next few years was sort of like a fury of development work as we recovered from that event and uh, kicked off my entrance, my office's entrance into the hosted system world for probably obvious reasons. Right. Yeah. Um, so I've worked in accounts receivables since um, in a variety of roles, uh, most notably as the, you know, the student accounts functional lead for student system implementation and uh, now also with TouchNet as well for our front end billing and payment services. Um, I'm just one part of a big team here and I'm so proud of the progress we've made. You absolutely should be. And I tell you what, if there's not a better going to the cloud story than that one, <laughs> I tell you what, that there's just something about first off, that's always a challenge when there's homegrown right? Is that somebody home grew that? <laughs> yeah, that, that was really, that, that was the biggest takeaway. I mean, one, one was the, you know, we didn't realize how, um, how vulnerable we were, right. um, our, you know, our, our, both our data center and our offsite backup were both stored on the first floor, uh, and flooded, mm. you know, so that was the big takeaway. And then, and then, right. You're, you know, with homegrown systems, you're entirely responsible for it. There's no, there's no, you know, 1-800 touching that you can call to <laughs> right. say, Hey, help us out. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're kind of taking on all that ownership and responsibility. And then, like you said, if somebody moves or something happens and nobody knows the code, then there's nobody who can kind of come in there as opposed to having a team to help. So, wow, you made a lot of transitions. And it sounds like that, uh, yeah, you were in the right place at the right time to to learn a ton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a big learning experience for sure. Wow, that's amazing. So beyond that uh, tragedy, I'll say that happened, let's learn a little bit more about Tulane University and, you know, other than how awesome it is to be in New Orleans, of course. Yeah, so uh, Tulane was founded in New Orleans in 1834 by the state legislature as the Medical College of Louisiana. It was a public school at the time. Um, we've grown quite a bit since then, uh, and today Tulane is a private research institution with uh, 10 undergraduate, graduate, and professional schools um, with about 14,500 students annually. Okay. Um, yeah, a little more than half are undergraduates um, with a strong focus on multidisciplinary degree programs. Uh, so just as an example, we operate a number of four plus one programs where students complete a combined bachelor's, uh, bachelor's and master's degree, okay. um, as well as other longer term tracks that lead into our medicine, law and architecture programs, among others. Um, many people listening will already know that New Orleans is a small town with a big <laughs> attitude. Yes. And the Big Easy is a melting pot of music and food and culture um, with an estimated annual draw of about 19 million visitors uh, from around the globe to 135 festivals from Mardi Gras to Jazz Fest and everything in between. Um, the fe festive atmosphere of New Orleans is certainly a frequent reason of note when students are asked why they chose Tulane. I bet. Yeah, so we're... Uh, in Accounts Receivable, uh, just a little bit about our office. So we serve um, our students with uh, full-time staff, with 11 full-time staff and uh, three student workers. That's amazing. And I tell you, yes, every time there's a conference in New Orleans, it's always, uh, everybody wants to go and it's always a lot of fun. We probably have a little too much fun with the music and then, oh my gosh, we have to go back to a conference in the morning. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. I, I enjoy when the conferences come to New Orleans too, because I get to go and party with the guys who are, who are visiting. So I bet yeah. that's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you're used to people, you know, from all over the world coming and visiting your campus, coming and visiting your city, of course. Mm -hmm. And so you probably have a pretty large international student population. Yeah, we do. So um, a total of about 10% of our population um, is international. Okay. Um, we, we do also have another, uh, you know, that's topical. We have a uh, we have domestic students who um, have financial resources that are abroad as well. So okay. from a payment perspective, we also have a, a, another smaller population where, um, you know, particularly from places like Canada and the United Kingdom and so forth, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll accept international payments for those. But um, about uh, 90 countries overall in the last year, um, and uh, the, with the largest three populations from China, Spain, and India. Uh, we're currently working to expand our international population, actually, uh, particularly in our graduate degree programs. Uh, they've most recently partnered with a recruiting firm um, with an in-person presence all around the world uh, to help us attract those graduate students. Well, that's great. And yeah, that is a pretty big percentage. And so you think about it, especially all the different countries that, that you're supporting, um, you know, really, when you think about that's a really significant amount of tuition and fees that are coming through cross-border payments. And so what's that experience been like from a payment perspective for those students? Yeah, so there's uh, a couple of significant challenges that are pretty unique to international students. Um, for one, unlike our domestic students um, who have opportunities to apply for federal aid through federal and state programs, right. um, our international students are by and large cash payers. Um, you know, costs range from as low as the value of, say, our student uh, insurance premium, uh, medical insurance premium for undergraduate exchange programs okay. to as much as 80000 per year for some of our professional programs. Wow. 
Yeah. So another significant factor is simple unfamiliarity with U.S. systems, right? Mm -hmm. um, so uh, from establishing a local bank account to navigating the complexities of cross-border payments, particularly when you're dealing with large sums, right. um, it's not a matter of just paying that term bill, but also navigating the monetary policies both here in the U.S. and, and in their home country. That's a really good point and probably something that maybe a lot of folks don't think about. That's one thing to say, oh, sure, we, we accept international payments. But thinking about that student experience and what that's like in terms of what does it mean and what is a currency exchange and where do I have to go? What, what, what do I have to know? And then if they come and drop off, you know, over $10,000 in cash, then there's that whole regulatory side, too. So, gosh, what is that like for students? Are they just kind of confused? They come talk to you? Yeah. So, uh, well, uh, it's a little better now, uh, now that we have some partners to help us out. But but yeah, so that that's always been um, one of the biggest challenges for us in student accounts uh, is assisting students with those payment options that, frankly, we're not uh, that familiar with. Uh, right. You know, oftentimes the student will be more familiar with their um, with their uh, home country's, you know, banking practices than we are. Sure. So um, it's. It, you know, particularly when you're talking about um, exchange rates that have uh, market adjustments almost to the minute. Right. And, you know, it's just it's just really unfamiliar to us in student accounts. Um, you know, for for many years, students basically had like two options. Right. So they we could they would do a direct wire from their home country to okay. Tulane. Um, or in some cases, students, uh, like you said, would literally arrive at the airport with a backpack <laughs> full of cash. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So thankfully, we don't see that much anymore these days. Uh, it does happen on occasion, but it's rare. Um, so several years ago, we partnered with Transformate and a couple other services to begin accepting cross-border payments through a 24-7 portal. The portal assists students with making payments in their home country and currency for uh, U.S. dollar delivery to Tulane. It includes a currency exchange calculator uh, right there in the portal. Great. Um, it uses Tulane's payment amount to determine how much they should pay locally. So it just feeds that in for them. Um, they handle all, uh, so Transformate handles all the details of the currency exchange, the cash clearing, the transmission to Tulane directly with payers, um, who in many cases uh, are not even the person attending the university. Right. It, could be a, it could be a parent or some other financial resource, aunts and uncles, or, or even, um, even a foreign consulate. Sure. Um, so we've uh, we've seen this payment channel grow over time, um, and for many, it's now a preferred method of payment. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I, of course, I'm going to assume it's probably the preferred because it's integrated, it's easier to access. But what are you seeing? Why do you think this has been better for students? Yeah, so that that really was the the biggest gain, actually. Uh, so uh, we've been with uh, so we've been with Transformate for uh, I think it's been 11 years now. Okay, um, but but just recently we've added that integration piece directly into the TouchNet portal. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really the biggest gain. That's where students are reviewing their bill and that's where they're looking for payment options. Right. And now just right in line with that bill payment, they see, okay, I can make an international transfer. Um, so it, it's presented right among, so you've got the, you know, the credit card option, the electronic check option, and then you'll have an international payment option. Yep. Um, when students click that, it brings up Transformate's payment widget within the uh, the U.Commerce portal, okay, um, and presents them options to pay from you know over 200 countries. Uh, so they just make that selection on which country they want to pay from. Um, students are then able to select from a range of quotes based on which currencies or transfer options are available. Um, one of the great things about this is that um, you you know you could. Uh, 
some countries will have multiple options. Uh, just as an example, European countries will often have both a euro option and a U.S. dollar option and a couple others uh, to pay from that country. Okay. Um, with, they also work with other uh, payment processors uh, that operate in those countries. So, um, so a Chinese student, for example, um, could present payment with a uh, a bank transfer or a credit card or a WeChat pay okay. or a number of other options, right? So it, it, it presents all of that to the student and details um, the sort of fees that are associated with uh, with each. Um, you know, a lot of people will be familiar with the difference between fees for a, uh, a bank transfer versus a credit card transaction. Sure. There's, there's usually a pretty big difference there. So anyway, that's all presented to the student. Um, once the, once they make, uh, select that quote and it's initiated, uh, TransferMate then handles all of the regulatory and transaction processing, um, including tracking information that's presented to both uh, the payer and to us at Tulane. And then the payment is automatically deposited to our account and posted to the student's account through the, uh, through the TouchNet interface. Wow, that's amazing. It sounds like it's not only a better student experience, but this has to make your life a lot easier, too. Yeah, it does. Particularly, it's, it saves us a lot of time with um, transaction processing. So, you know, for uh, for many years, it was just us pulling up a portal, looking at payments that were received, and right. then manually typing that into student accounts. Uh, you know, the tracking information was there, so it wasn't that difficult, but it was data entry. Sure. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, anytime in this day and age, if you can automate, you definitely want to automate. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, while obviously it's way more intuitive for students now to find that option, right, since TransferMate's you know, right there in the payment portal. Um, but you also do some education, I believe, right? So how do you educate international students on how to make these payment options? Yeah, so I'll just repeat one more time that having it embedded in the billing and payments portal, that really was the biggest factor. That's when we right. saw more adoption with students. Um, that's where they're looking for options. Um, in addition to that, um, our partners assist payers directly. So uh, TransferMate, for example, offers 24-7 uh, multilingual customer support, okay. including live chat, phone, email, they text message, uh, and a few other options. Um, it's actually proactive support on their part. So um, if they're already handling a, a payment for a student, they'll initiate contact if the payment seems to be stuck or additional documentation is needed. Okay. Yeah, so at, at Tulane, we also provide general advice um, on a payment options webpage that's tailored specifically to international students. Um, we have that page listed um, on our student accounts receivable website, okay. and we also have uh, a similar version with our uh, Office of International Students. Um, and we also have a presence uh, in a special orientation that our Office of International Students present uh, just for international students that's tailored to their needs. That makes a lot of sense, especially what you were saying earlier in terms of international students. You know, they're coming here and they have to learn everything new. They have to understand U.S. banking systems or payment systems. Yeah, just just really things that we completely take for granted. As simple as, hey, if you rent an apartment off campus, this is what the landlord will expect from you for a monthly rent check. Oh, you wow. Know, that, that kind of thing. Or, or if you go eat at a restaurant, uh, this is what the waiter will expect uh, for a tip and, you know, just really basic stuff like that. So all that's, yeah, our international students office works hard to, to help students really integrate into the local culture. That's really interesting. And again, like you said, some things that you just don't think about. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's amazing. So this seems so easy. I know when we talked earlier, it, it um, you know, really it's one of those things that it just works, but let's kind of take a step back and think about what was life like before implementing Transformate and how did, you know, the international students make payments where was their confusion? 
Yeah, so before we were live with any of these options, um, I'm a little embarrassed to say that we had our bank wire information on a public website for download. Okay. Um, we would direct students to download our wire instructions and then essentially leave them with the work of figuring out exchange rates and transmission details uh, okay. with their sending bank. Um, several years ago, we started to see an uptick in check fraud attempts using this public information that we had. Right. Um, fortunately, we've had uh, we have strong withdrawal controls uh, set with our bank, so none were successful. Good. But this was certainly a topic of concern to our banking partner, who was attempting to negotiate these checks from sure. an account that appears to be good on the, at the surface level. So. Um, you know, and over the years, we've also seen a few bad actors who um, purported to offer integrated payments to Tulane, mm -hmm. um, but would charge exorbitant fees or have unclear delivery practices. And in either of those cases, uh, what we found most often was insufficient information received in the wire transaction, um, right. where we couldn't figure out which account of 15,000 student accounts to post a credit to. Um, so we frequently had payments that were um, slightly insufficient due to hidden fees um, and the, the sending bank would charge or through miscalculation on the payer's part and a number of other options like that. Well, I'll tell you, you are not alone. I've heard many of these stories and I'd say there's still um, this practice is happening in some places. And and you're right, you know, you think it's making it easier for the students just to have all the wire information out there, you know, publicly available, but the bad guys are everywhere and you have to really watch out from the fraudulent you know, activity that they're going to try to do. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and we do still accept uh, direct wires, of course. Uh, we have to. Um, but, you know, now payers have to request that information and we only share it to the student's payer who's, go who's going to make that payment. Oh, that's that's really good. So, again, everybody listening, public service announcement here. If you still have your bank wire information out there publicly on your website, we encourage you to remove that um, or be open, you know, really yourself up to more risk of potential fraud. And I like the idea of you still have it as an option but you're going to have them contact you to get the details as opposed to just having it out there. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, that's, uh, I, I'm sure many people listening will already be familiar that uh, that's important because you'll have, um, you'll have uh, the payer's bank account will have their own controls, um, particularly if it's being paid from a corporate account or some sort of a specialized investment account and so forth. So right. you, you do still have to be able to have that direct wire option. Sure. Um, but yeah, you just want to protect that information, uh, you know, put it behind security. Absolutely. And again, just thinking back, the importance of the embedded international payments with Transformate, not only is that a better experience for students, but as you were just saying, a lot of times with those wire payments, you would just have a random payment and have no idea who to apply it to. So this has to make life a little bit easier on the back end from a reconciliation standpoint from you, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So, uh, I mean, that was, uh, so there's a, a lot of gains in this. Um, that was one of the big ones. So, um, it, it, unclaimed payments, processing, figuring out where things go. Sure. You know, uh, for for a while we had this procedure where, you know, basically what we do, we receive a wire. It, it would have no student information, or, uh, or even say it would have the payer's information right. who is not the student. So there's there was no link there. Um, so we would just uh, we would just hold that in an unclaimed payments fund until somebody called us and claimed it. Basically. Oh my goodness. You know, and eventually, of course, you have to you have to return it if you can't post it. But right. um, but that was you know that's a big manual process for sure. us um, that we want to avoid. Obviously, we want to post payments when we receive them, um, so students are not missing due dates. Um, so, yeah, and uh, and you know, another that that was another frequent option that I mentioned before was um, or, or a frequent occurrence um, is that uh, you know students when they're when they were on their own um, trying to calculate how much to send Tulane in. Right euro or yen or whatever the currency is that they were sending 
um, oftentimes they would not factor in the fees that their sending bank was being charged, or okay. they would miscalculate the current exchange rate that would be applied and that kind of stuff. So, um, so we'd also have uh, cases of insufficient funding. But, uh, but yeah, integrating all this um, with Transformate, um, so they provide tracking uh, that gives you point-to-point -point information about each transaction. Okay. So there's no, there's no chance of, you know, we're, we're not going to receive a, a deposit from Transformate without knowing exactly who that belongs to. Right. Um, so that, that really simplifies the reconciliation problem. Sure. Absolutely. And then again, it's automatically posted to the student account. So you don't have yeah. to worry about posting that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. On yep. that. And then, and then really from, you know, kind of thinking about reconciliation and because it's already in your account, I assume that makes it easier when you go to balance it's just there. Yeah, it, it actually, I mean, it just works. We're probably not even using all of the reconciliation functionality that's available in reporting. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's it's really simple. So, you know, uh, Transformate will give you that report that says, all right, you're going to receive a deposit uh, to your bank account on this date, and it includes these six transactions. Uh, it's really easy to, to meet that up in, in reconciliation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know we talked, too, a little bit about um, Tulane has an overpayment policy, so you can't have somebody make an overpayment and then come back and ask for a refund. Can you talk a little bit about how this helps in that scenario? Yeah, so uh, so in the TouchNet portal, uh, you know, of course, we have an overpayment policy in general um, sure. that's in our uh, terms and uh, in our agreement disclosure statement. But um, TouchNet has um, payment uh, limits set within the portal itself. So we set a payment limit where a student can't um, initiate domestically or internationally, they can't uh, initiate a payment that is over a certain balance beyond what is actually due at the time. Right. Um, so with the Transformate integration, it actually, that policy applies because it's passing the payment amount into Transformate's uh, payment widget. So they sure. have to they have to adhere to the policy that's already set up in TouchNet. Okay. Um, and that's, that's really helped us with uh, having far less frequent overpayments um, and it's, you know, making it generally more difficult to initiate a payment that, um, that you know, that would overpay the account. No, that makes a lot of sense. Sounds like overall, it's just really simplified everything that you're doing when it comes to international payments. Yeah, it sure does. Yep. Wow. So how has this impacted your staff and what do they work on now? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, well, we have plenty to work on. And this is uh, th this really simplified the work of uh, payment processing in this regard. Um, so. You know, uh, obviously the biggest game would be automatic posting of payments, so we're not manually scanning through uh, bank statements, trying to, you know, glean out student information from wire memo line items on a bank statement. Uh, that's a big gain. Um, we also have, uh, I mentioned the, re the reduced volume of unclaimed payment processing. Mm -hmm. um, we have reduced occurrences of insufficient payment or missed due dates. Okay. And, you know, for, by and large, for most of our staff, um, they really don't have any direct interaction with uh, international transfers because students are initiating it themselves. They're being helped by Transformate um, if any problems come in, and then the payment is automatically posted to student accounts. And, you know, essentially at, at that point, the student is sort of done with our office if they've paid their bill, right? They're right. not interested in talking to your account receivable if, if their balance is zero. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very, very limited interaction. Yeah, probably took what uh, some of your team said was probably the most unfavorite part of their day in terms of sifting through all those wires and unknown uh, payments, trying to figure out who it is and doing a lot of data entry. So now it's just not even something that's part of their day. Yeah, that's right. We try to, yeah, the... We try to limit data entry as much as possible, you know, just for, for obvious reasons. I mean, for one, users um, are prone to make errors, sure. uh, particularly if they're distracted during a busy period. So 
um, it just, yeah, it just really simplifies work in that regard. Absolutely. And you were just saying too, that it really helps in the missed due dates. And this may be something kind of going back to the education of international students and realizing, oh, there's due dates. And so can you maybe explain a little bit about that? Were they missing due dates and has this helped that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, obviously speaking as a longtime account receivable rep, right. we care a lot about our due dates and we want to make compliance to our payment schedule as easy to navigate as possible. Sure. For our um, so TransferMate really helps with the uh, helps the payer obtain a full understanding of the transaction fees that are applicable and the timing of delivery okay. prior to initiation of that payment. Um, so we do still have cases of underpayment where a payer chooses to send a lower amount, but it's okay. less frequent now with the payment balance integration I mentioned before, right. um, where the payment amount is just being is just being passed through uh, through the TouchNet portal. Um, so we have other gains in um, tracking and automatic posting um, that's helped us out a lot as well. Uh, sometimes a transmission is delayed through no fault of the payer through the effects of global politics or sure. odious requirements to send payment to the U.S. Um, and transfermates tracking reports really help us navigate recovery from those circumstances with students if a due date is missed. Okay. Uh, you know, what we certainly don't want to do is we don't want to penalize a student for an earnest effort to make a payment. Um, and this connects the dots for us. Absolutely. Now that makes a lot of sense. And so they're making the payment, they're doing it on time. And we mentioned a little bit about because of having some of the checks and balances in place, there's not the ability to do overpayments, but Sometimes we talk about cross-border international payments, the money laundering becomes an issue. And so has TransferMate helped you with some of those concerns? Yeah, they do. Uh, so principally, um, the payment flow integration with TouchNet I mentioned before regarding payment limits. Um, you know, I, I'm sure folks will be familiar with, uh, you know, international students who are who just don't understand the process will, uh, will attempt to overpay their student account. Right. Um, you know, in an effort to re then receive a cash disbursement locally sure. um, so that they can pay the, for their their off-campus expenses, living and housing and that kind of stuff. And, right. and unfortunately, that, that you know, that kind of activity is, is prohibited. So um, you know, TransferMate is uh, fully compliant with money services business regulations, okay. um, which includes an anti-money laundering program. Um, I have to admit, a lot of that stuff is over my head. Right. And I really appreciate their work on that topic. Exactly. Um, yeah, they, they also handle a lot of reporting requirements um, for transaction amounts over $10,000, as an example, mm -hmm. um, and some other more mundane requirements with um, with the IRS and, and home country regulations. Now, that makes sense. That's probably why you have a third party who understands all of that level of detail and stays compliant. <laughs> yeah, we know we wouldn't do a good job. So we appreciate the yeah, we appreciate the help. Um, so one of the best features actually in day-to-day -day life in student accounts is the ability to return a payment back to the originator. Okay. Um, so this happens from time to time during registration at drop periods or with uh, changing housing preferences and the like where, you know, somebody is able to make a payment, but then that ends up being a payment balance in the future due okay. to adjustments. Um, TransferMate maintains a complete record of the transaction, which connects the payer and their banking details to a student account line item. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, this is turns out is a much more challenging process um, for direct payments, even domestically, right. um, where there, yeah, where there's often not an easily accessible point-to-point -point record, or the process of return is very manual. Um, I'm thinking of check payments in particular, which are often sent from corporate bill payment servicers, or with uh, with little or no origination details about the specific individual who authorized that payment. Yeah, that can be tricky for sure. And again, a lot of a lot of heavy lifting and work, and and not very automated. Yeah, usually a lot of phone calls and emails, and um, you know, uh, taking uh, taking the response, um, you know, and just acting on that basically. Absolutely. 
Well, Mike, this sounds so great. I'm sure everybody's like, sign me up. Was this easy to implement? So a lot of times when there's anything that has to do with integration, technology, implementation, um, there can sometimes be challenges. So what would your advice be? What was this like to get implemented and get started? Well, first of all, I'll say that the initial setup with Transformate for us happened 11 years ago. Um, but right. if memory serves, I think that was completed in less than three weeks. Uh, the biggest source of time really came from internal discussions as we figured out which bank account to use, um, worked with our bank to establish withdrawal controls and for payment returns. There was no implementation fee and the service operates without cost of Tulane. As for our more recent integration with TouchNet, I was basically able to simply turn the integration on by email request to TouchNet's customer support okay. um, after configuring a payment detail code in the portal. It was that easy. That's great. So it sounds like now's the time. Let's do that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, you've you know already had so much great information to share with us, uh, but do you have any last minute advice? I'm sure a lot of people are listening and thinking this sounds like a great idea especially I think more and more international students are wanting to come to university. So what would you suggest? Yeah, so I've, I've been to enough higher education conferences over the years to learn how uniquely each institution prioritizes student services and processes sure. to fit their own, their own populations uh, given budget constraints and the like. Um, perhaps a more universal concept um, is the importance of billing due dates and payment processing efficiencies. Okay. Um, in student accounts, we don't have uh, much say about the cost of education but we do really focus on making the process of paying for school as easy as possible for our students and their payers. Right. Um, if I didn't mention before, we do use the authorized uh, user functionality in TouchNet okay. and have a high rate of adoption among our students. Um, so the same cross-border payment options that are presented to students are also acceptable, uh, accessible to their authorized users, okay. and we see a lot of activity there. Um, it's, you know, again, it's a no-cost solution, uh, it improves your international student experience, uh, and decreases the volume of manual work that comes from cross-border exception handling. Definitely highly recommended. Yeah, again, it seems like, why would you not do that? Very good advice there, Mike. Well, thank you so much for spending some time talking with me today. It's really helpful to hear, you know, firsthand benefits from an institution that supports such a large international population. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Focus. Don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the business of higher education. For more information, check us out at touchnet.com.